0: Okay, well, welcome to the first episode of It's Complicated, a podcast with myself, Josephine Baird, and Dr. Jay, who is now going to explain to us why on earth we would call a podcast It's Complicated. Simply because
1: the answer to everything that somebody asks me is, it's complicated, including what is your name? Because I say my name is Jay. And they say, well, how do you spell that? And I say, well, it's literally just the letter J. And then we get into a whole discussion of you can't have a name that is a single letter. And it's like, well, you can. Do I need to tell you my entire life story? So everything becomes, it's complicated. Your gender, sexuality, relationships, everything is complicated, including favorite dinosaur, which I kind of like.
0: Well, and uh, as such, we're going to have a number of different topics in relation to complicated things. And as Dr. Jay has mentioned, that means everything. So we will be having many, many, many ad infinitum episodes. Uh, today, however, we've chosen the relatively simple uh, topic of pronouns uh, because they are not at all complicated, are they, Jay?
1: They're situational. Damn, they are complicated <laughs> after all. <laughs> Because they change where you are and you can change them where you are for very good reasons or very bad reasons. There are people who don't come out to their family or just let their family continually mispronoun them because it's the easiest way of getting through the dinner without just wanting to kill the entire family.
0: And that's a really good summary of the podcast you're about to listen to. So with no further ado, uh, we will go to a music break, which will happen now. And directly afterwards, we'll introduce ourselves before going into the actual topic at hand. Keep listening. (laughs) Welcome back and um, uh, to this editing nightmare that we call It's Complicated, a podcast on many, many issues hosted by Dr. J and myself, Josephine Baer. Dr. J, would you mind introducing yourself to the lovely people, multiple, who are listening right now?
1: So I'm going to go and read my LinkedIn profile because I think that's the best God. description of myself. No, I wrote a bio. I wrote a bio that I put up on my LinkedIn that works. Why are you laughing so hard at this? Anyway.
0: Because it's LinkedIn.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's going to be up on the website as well, on the speaker bio (laughs) website. It's like, so it says that I have been out as a non-binary genderqueer person for over 10 years, and it's now more like 15. I bring queer theory with a slice of humor because I don't do anything that seriously into the tech space building on ThoughtWorks' dedication to inclusivity and intersectionality,
0: apparently. Who are ThoughtWorks?
1: ThoughtWorks is the company that I work for. Um, I'm employed by them as a service designer slash business analyst. Uh, but I also do a lot on diversity, inclusion, and look around intersectionality and help people understand how to do things better. And that's pretty much what I do. Cool. And the last two words is, is, is I'm a troublemaker and I'm a queer nuisance. <laughs> hashtag which, queer nuisance. Because which
0: just sums it all up, doesn't it?
1: It does. Because Josephine has known me for long enough to know that troublemaker, hashtag queer nuisance is just kind of like, yep, that so, pretty much says it all.
0: It's your raison d'etre. It's your <laughs> It's, it's complicated. Your, it's your defining qualities. Well, you've narrowed it down to literally three words. I mean, I think it's quite good, actually. Two words. Two words. Because Queer I do. And... Queer nuisance. Queer nuisance oh, is one I word. Got it.
1: Right, right. As with a hashtag in front. Because ah, yes. it's complicated and you need to brand yourself really well. For God's
0: sake. You can hear that a lot, listeners, me mumbling under my breath into this brand new and very good microphone. So you'll hear every. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> as i proved to be even more of a
1: troublemaker than josephine imagined oh, i love you
0: and so are uh, we segue gently into this good night
1: <laughs> and you need to introduce yourself
0: i, I was about to <laughs> hi gentle listener and josephine of the future editor of this very podcast uh, my name is josephine baird um i don't have a succinct little bio the way that dr j does and i wish i did because actually i'm I'm quite jealous right now. Uh, I have at one point in my life been an artist, an activist, an academic. Uh, currently, I remain an independent scholar, artist, and academic, which is code for unemployed artist, academic, and... Uh, podcaster. Podcaster now. Now I'm gainfully employed, dear listener, into podcasting for you. Uh, But yes, I've had about uh, two decades of experience doing all those things. And as tired as I sound right now, because I'm currently in between things, um, I absolutely love all the things that I have done pretty much in my uh, professional life. And it has involved working with a tremendous number of uh, different activist organizations from all over the world. At one point, I've worked with and for groups like Stonewall, uh, Ilga World, um, Transgender Europe, and a number of others. Um, i have also currently a visual artist trying to recreate queer ideas and comics and um, pictures on my Instagram. So, like I say, my CV is somewhat erratic and idiosyncratic and multiple, and uh, there you go. That's sort of me. Um, I can provide academic and scholarly knowledge and bullshit like the best of them. And uh, maybe that should be my little tagline at the bottom of my LinkedIn, which I don't have.
1: <laughs> Whereas I only have a LinkedIn because, well, work.
0: Well, yeah, because you're a professional What has a LinkedIn. Yeah, as I,
1: I am a professional.
0: Well, as I was saying, Josephine is not,
1: <laughs> she does not have a People, LinkedIn. I turn up in people's boardrooms and talk to them about how they can run a better business.
0: I too turn up in people's boardrooms, but then I'm escorted out most swiftly.
1: <laughs> I'm not <laughs> supposed to be there. Whereas I turn up and they and they let me in and give me drinks even. Fuck! They never
0: give me anything. Bastards. <laughs> and, I should I should stop barging look, in.
1: <laughs> and I look like a dayglow hobbit. For those who haven't seen me, I really do look and dress like a dayglow hobbit.
0: And fabulously so, and is luminescent both at night and during the day.
1: Day Dayglow is the best. (laughs) I am such a child of the the 80s. It shows sometimes. And we've known each other for, we figured out about 15 years. We can even Mm -hmm. figure out the first time that we met and talked to each other and can seriously both remember it.
0: Yes. And it's been a delightful time. And actually, this is a real pleasure to talk about these things that uh, Dr. J and I have talked about for many, many years in many different locations, usually on our own. And we figured why not record this so that we can prove to others what bollocks we talk. Um, So the topic of today's discussion is pronouns. And Dr. J, perhaps we can start with your very, very simple pronoun. Um, Obviously, there must be just the one. Uh, Do tell me what it is and we can finish all this malarkey and get on with our lives.
1: Well, my pronoun in most situations is they. And I will, I've got it on my desktop, I've got it on my laptop, I have a little pin badge, it's on the back of my phone. Still people get it wrong, but that's not a problem
0: deceptively simple answer from deceptively simple
1: but i was about to get into the foremost situations but other situations because pronouns are situational so in a lot of queer spaces that are queer activist queer drag all of those things i use she as a pronoun because it puts me in with a whole pile of people who also share as a pronoun Everyone is she, unless they turn around and say otherwise. And when they do, we automatically respect those pronouns. It's kind of one of those obvious things. And we did it without even thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And when I chatted to somebody about it, and because it heard me on Lost Spaces confusing the poor Kay Anderson completely with this whole notion that pronouns are situational. They were just like, of course, your pronoun is she when you're amongst us. And it could be but if you wanted something else would happily change. And I was like, no, I enjoy being she with all of you. Because so why, it makes me one of the people.
0: Why, of the why in that particular context she? Is there something about it that makes that uh, appropriate or, or positive for you or something that's expressive of a of your subjectivity in that moment?
1: It's positive because these people have taken my identity or my pronoun all the way to they and other pronouns and brought it back around in a very queer way to fit it in with a whole pile of drag queens and a whole pile of drag performers and performers and musicians and artists who all use she as a pronoun, whether they're in drag or out of drag, however they are, they're often referred to as she. And by including me in there as she, It's irrespective of how I present, it's part of being part of the group, but it's also was just a natural thing. Everyone was like, she might work for you in this situation, how do you feel about it? I I seem to like it, I didn't find it jarred or anything, and I can tell that people are not using she as a laziness, or to make a point of, oh, I've seen through your gender disguise, you are not non-binary, you are in fact something else. So I'm going to try and put a she upon you because it's nothing like that. It's a very queer she, uh, which I very much enjoy.
0: Um it's interesting because I mean for for you Jay the uh pronouns being situational is a fascinating idea. And I think it's really interesting to go into this, especially since this um clearly breeds inclusion, something that you feel really part of a collective, part of a group but you wouldn't use outside of that group because then it wouldn't be inclusive. Whereas they would be something that may be used in a more normative context would be inclusive. Mm-hmm. So someone who's in say a very, I don't know, uh, hegemonic environment, very straight environment for want of a better word, you know, um, using they would be someone who's being very considerate of you. Whereas in this other context, using she is being very considerate of you. And so, Absolutely. In both cases, the impulse is the same and yet the pronoun is different. Whereas for my case, I have a very consistent pronoun. It's she, so it's she and her. And that's what I've had for 20 some years. And it's like, or a little less, but getting on 20 years. And to choose to use a pronoun that isn't she at this point would not be considerate. Um, Very rarely at this point, accidental, because I'm quite obviously out and quite obvious about my pronoun uh, most often sadly it'll be something that's um, done maliciously and on purpose and in that case it's about trying to force a gender identity on me but another one which um, another point that I thought would be interesting to discuss is the phrase mis- uh, mispronouning which Dr. J introduced me to as a concept then I've just been fascinated by ever since. Do you think you could define what you mean by that word?
1: Well, so my partner, Maria, who you'll probably end up hearing a lot about is a non, uh, and Josephine knows, has known for about as long as they've known me. In fact, slightly longer, I believe you kept on trying to smash the two of us together. And I kept on ignoring her for a stupid, a, a stupid length of time. She is, Non binary femme who uses she as a pronoun. So mispronouncing her as they or as he, using a pronoun that she doesn't wish you to use, is very different from misgendering her because she will tell you her pronoun and then if you use a different one, or if she or, and then it's not about taking away her gender identity, it's not about taking away my gender identity when you use the wrong pronoun. It's just you've misspoken and used the wrong pronoun. It's like calling me by the wrong name. People mispronouncing me is one of those things. And saying misgendering me adds an extra layer on there, which I don't think it actually needs, especially for a lot of the time, it's just a misslip. Now, this could be controversial. And in fact, it probably is controversial. And undoubtedly, there will be people going, you're wrong because it's this. And I'm like... If you put that extra weight on it, it becomes a very big thing when somebody uses the wrong pronoun for you.
0: I yes, I and do. For, and for me, yeah. I
1: prefer it to be. Somebody uses the wrong pronoun; they use the wrong pronoun. Generally, I correct them. Some 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 situations, I don't. It doesn't matter to me what the person who makes me a lovely coffee in the morning, although not in lockdown because I. Who, who Who knows when I will get somebody to make me a coffee ever again, but when somebody makes me a lovely coffee and they accidentally call me she it doesn 't mean a lot to me i 've seen um, me 've spoken to yeah. me, yeah, and I know for some people it does
0: yeah and that 's what I was going to say that the, the I disagree from my personal perspective, and I guess this is where we 're talking about again situational things what I find interesting is that the mispronouning word I might apply to those situations that I've experienced where someone makes a genuine mistake, you know, just accidentally says something else. In fact, I think you just called me they just by accident in the middle of that. You said something like they knew Maria. And I thought, oh, did you mean me? Because I thought that was interesting. Because oh. that's, yeah, but it's fine. It's not a problem yeah. to me. It doesn't bother me in the slightest. And the reason is because first off, they, if it was ever applied to me, wouldn't really Bother me in part because I think anybody who was actually using that term with me would, I'd almost always assume that they were trying to be really respectful and just go, Well, I don't know your pronouns, I'm using they as a sort of like in the middle. I would still say, Don't do that, but I would say, Well, okay, the, the chances of someone being malicious with the word they is quite low, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but not not impossible, but quite low. Um, so, in that sense, I would have said, Well, something like that would be a mispronoun. Just an accidental mm. clip um and i think as trans non-binary people we kind of know the difference between that thing the accidental mispronoun and the malicious intent to and this is where i would make the distinction with misgender is you know, somebody who's whose intention is to say i know what gender you are and it's not the one you're telling me you are and i'm going to use a pronoun that refers to the other kinds of gender in order to be horrible to you and to try and impose my will. And that's my definition. But
1: But when somebody misgenders you, they don't just use a pronoun to do it. They use honorifics and titles and they use sir and madam in the wrong way round. And they are very pointed in how they use those words. And we can all feel it. We can all hear it in their voice which is very different to somebody scrambling in their brain for what is the right pronoun.
0: And the difference between that and the malicious intent. Now, I think what's interesting here, misgendering as a as a concept, one could say could be done by all sorts of different things. I could misgender someone, as you said, by using an honorific or a pronoun or something else. In that sense, someone is misgendering using mispronouning as the activity so mispronouncing is the activity and misgendering is a version of the intent that could lead to mispronouncing, and that's how i hear you making that distinction is that right
1: yeah i think that's pretty much
0: how
1: mm. how i've thought about it like mm. one is one is an active decision yes and you can tell when people are actively not choosing to use your name mm using an old name for you using yeah. or haha i have found you out you might yeah. not be heteronormative you might not be cisnormative let me let me tell you how i have found out because i'm going to use whatever i think your gender is very loudly and very pointedly at the end of every mm.
0: sentence madam these things come not just from those people we would expect them to um I've had this come from within our own community. I've had the most amazing conversations about this uh, from members of our community that you would not expect. Um, And so the misgendering concept also has multiple layers. You know, there is the hegemonic misgendering. I believe that there are two sexes, and I'm going to tell you which one you are. And then there's the, I believe that there are lesbians and gay men. Trans people don't exist misgendering. <laughs> and then there's the, the one that's less of an issue these days, but used to be around. I believe that gender of all kinds is problematic and the gender binary must be de- deconstructed and therefore no one should be allowed to use the word he or she. And they must all be another word. Um, that one's more than a decade old in my personal experience and i haven't heard it as much these days but it certainly used to be around and um so therefore now we've got three layers we've got the mispronouning the misgendering and then the cause of said misgendering and we've created quite the little sort of um how should i say uh, complication <laughs> complication that little tree if you will of crazy uh, issues but uh, yeah it's it's interesting Because by breaking it down this way, I think we've come to an interesting distinction. And then there's the personal reaction to mispronouncing and misgendering. I get the impression that when you make the distinction between mispronouncing and misgendering, one of the reasons is because you want to take the power away from mispronouncing. Is that correct? Is that how I'm reading it? You don't want to give people the ability to cause you emotional harm.
1: But also sometimes the mispronouning comes from people whose first language isn't English. Yes. So they h- struggle using they as a pronoun. Mm. So they fall back on what they think would be respectful and right, e- even b- being aware that it's possibly not, but doing mm. their best, which is very, very different in its sound and in its Mm. emotional impact on me, because you can read emotions incredibly well. We are evolved social beings. You can read those emotions coming towards you and you can read the difference between somebody just struggling with the concept of they as a pronoun and it going against all of the stuff they were taught in school around English. So they're going to struggle with it and they will for a while versus somebody who is doing it to try to get under my skin Mm. and weirdly enough people in the room can also hear that so if somebody has accidentally misused my pronoun I will sometimes call them out in front of people I generally won't I'll have a chat with them afterwards and go oh by the way my pronouns they Mm. here's how to use it I saw you had some troubles with it Happy to happy to happy to help you walk through with, walk through it. Usually people are so embarrassed when they discover it, mm. they're really upset and genuinely, oh my God, I didn't mean to cause you any offense. Whereas mm. somebody who is doing it to get under under my skin because mm. they think it's a way to get under my skin. Most of the time I'm just like, Wow, really? Is that the best you can do? I feel like Cyrano de Bergerac mm. and the whole discussion about the nose. And it's like, mm. really is big all that all that you've got? Surely mm. there's more there. Surely just trying to thinking Mm. that by calling me she you're going to get a reaction no of course you're not
0: well in your case yes but i mean the the thing is i mean there's other people i'm very lucky yeah yeah of course and 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 there is a certain amount of here's the thing i mean i've been doing this for so long that somebody misgendering me like that would probably have less impact now than it did some time ago however it would still have quite a bit of impact in my case Mm. um I, if it's by accident, and that's the thing, you can always, I think you can always tell as well, that you could pretty much always tell if it's by accident or if it's on purpose, because the person who's doing it maliciously wants you to know that they're doing it on purpose, and they will make it clear with intonation or body language, and if they're not, then they're not very good at it, and I would suggest going back to bigot school or something. What I think is really difficult with mispronouncing and misgendering is that people are understandably upset when someone mispronouns them. Now, when it's an accident, I think I can probably speak from a lot of trans and non-binary queer people who would see that and understand it and are probably more relaxed about it than the people who actually do the mispronouncing and might be more upset. And then, of course, there are those who are genuinely doing it on purpose to be horrible. Mm. And the reactions to that can be really really strong for me in many cases it might even be a a trigger for physical danger uh Mm -hmm. you know certainly emotional upset um a questioning of the context that we're in like i mean i have all these questions as soon as somebody mispronounced me there's a whole cavalcade of you know questions that appear in my little digital display in front of my eyeballs like okay that person just misgendered me let's go through the list did they do it on purpose? Was it by accident? If they did it on purpose, are they about to beat me up? Are they someone who's in a position of authority? Do they have institutional authority for whatever they just said or did? And do they have any other control over my life or can I leave? And how many exits are there? <laughs> and I can run that off to listener in one take because that is how quick it goes through my brain. And that's the part of misgendering and hegemony and Cisnormativity that makes mispronouning especially scary dangerous and also controversial when you challenge its legitimacy i think jay i can understand why you'd be nervous about making that distinction but i think i really understand the difference mm. between the notion of mispronouning and misgendering and of course like all things we've just discussed they all have context as well and the person who's getting that mispronouncing and or misgendering is going to have their own personal response as well
1: absolutely um and i think one of the interesting ways for me has been how have people responded to me taking them aside and talking about the mispronouncing Mm. i've had most people have been like oh i'm dreadfully sorry i'll try not to do it it was a slip up. I, mm. Please forgive me. And I'm like, no problems whatsoever. I've also had whitey tears, which is something that I picked up mm. from uh, a lot of black Twitter, which is why T tears. Mm. Um, because these are the people who when you say what you said is racist. Or has racial overtones and they immediately turn and said, oh my God, I can't believe you think I'm racist, da 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 da, da. I have black friends, da, da 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 crying, and you have to put in the emotional investment. I actually had somebody who said, I can't believe you think I'm the sort of person who would do that. And there's part of me going, well, I don't think you are, I know that you are, because that happened 10 minutes ago. <laughs> And while I am a bit of a time lord and not very connected to time, I understand that you did this thing in the past, so therefore you are the sort of person who would do that. And in your reaction to this, it's telling me that yours, this was moderately deliberate and it wasn't a slip and it wasn't careless. It was a deliberate, it was careful and you were careful to try to put a little pinprick in me. You were careful to try to get under my skin ever so slightly. And I've called you on it. And now you are very, very scared. Yes. Because you are worried that I will tell other people the little pinpricks that that you're putting there. And in fact, other people can already see it. Because other people will look around and see and hear and feel those sensations. I do have a lot of privilege where I'm called where I can let and go at work. I mean, and I'm, and I'm yeah. not impacted by it, but I am. There are times where it does impact and I can never tell when it's going to or when it's not mm. because that ties into my mental health on that day. So there'll be some days where somebody calling me she, even just in a standard mispronouning way, will feel like a little cut because I've got that slightly more dysphoric day or I'm just having a mental health day or it's a day it's just a day and there but I do have a lot of privilege in my role and the position that I hold in the company and the position that I hold in the teams that if I say if I say something it's usually it's always taken very seriously so I can
0: yeah Well, I think that's the thing about mispronouncing is that we can go into another element, the last element, maybe for me in my head, is that mispronouncing comes from a cultural cause, a structural one. So that even though you could say there are some mispronouns that are mispronouncing that is accidental, that is based on the person's own mistake made completely benignly and genuinely and they're very sorry and they can change the behavior immediately but the fact that they did it in the first place is a cultural product in itself caused by a cis-normative culture which allows people to make those mistakes very very often now that means that you can have that experience even if the person is making a genuine mistake is very very kind afterwards very understanding and does all the right things you can still feel the cultural weight of being mispronounced because the cause is something that is systemic, that is endemic to the culture you live in. And that is always causing you a certain amount of genuine and constant stress.
1: I once asked somebody because people were trying different pronouns with me. And I believe at the time, a lot of the trans friends that I had were using he for me, which didn't, and I, it felt uncomfortable. And I said, to a lovely trans person, trans woman how do you know when somebody's using the right pronoun or the right name and they said the first time that they somebody used the right pronoun for them, they literally felt their heart sing so when somebody used their name right, they literally felt their heart sing, that was when I immediately knew that he was not my pronoun and I, it took a while to discover that they that they was the right one, but now When people use they in the right context, it makes my heart sing. When people use she in the right context, it makes my heart sing.
0: Mm.
1: And it's about, and that tells me that those are my right pronouns. When somebody uses she in the wrong context, Mm. my heart doesn't sing in the same way. But somebody going out of their way to use they for me or including me or something like that just makes your heart sing. And it's like when I read something that's addressed mm. to my old name, my heart doesn't sing in the same way that I read something that's got the right name on it. And that's the entirety. It's your heart singing that lets you know that you've got the right thing. And why would you want to not make somebody's heart sing? Is the entire part of me. I'm burping halfway through this. But that's the entirety of that question of people who are, who are genuinely going out to misgender you are going out of their way to not make your heart sing. And that's mean.
0: As always with these topics, um, it's complicated can turn into, it's all complicated because all these issues relate to many, many other issues and many other topics for another day. And that's why I think, unfortunately, we have to end some time.
1: But we can and make um, it simple. Pronouns can be simple. It's really easy. You well, say to somebody... You're... Which pronoun would you prefer?
0: Well, now you're fucking with me. You said it was complicated, Doctor J, and now you're saying it's simple. No, I'm, I'm saying confused. it can. It
1: can be simple because you can talk to somebody and say, "Which pronoun do you prefer?"
0: and then use that. Okay, and that that's that's simple. That's really simple. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're quite if you,
1: yeah, and you can literally ask people naturally, "What's your name?" and "Which pronoun do you prefer?" Yes. Or which pronoun should I use if you want to be like that?
0: And I think that's a really, really good topic for the next episode where we could talk about presenting your pronoun. And I hope that we tackle that maybe next in terms of like, what are the opportunities that we have to present our pronoun? Should we present our pronoun at the beginning of a conversation? Should it be in our Twitter byline? And what happens when we do that? And who is doing that? Uh, is it just the people who might be um, subject to mispronouncing, or should it be everyone? And who should do it first? Those are my questions for our next episode. What do you think, Dr. J?
1: Well, all we could talk about J.K. Rowling.
0: I'd rather not. Good day, dear <laughs> listeners. It's been Josephine Bear and Dr. J for It's Complicated, our um new podcast, which we hope you will enjoy now and forever. And um we'll see you at the next episode. Oh, we won't see you because we'll be listening upon the podcast.
1: Oh, don't be so f- pedantic. Fuck.
0: See, I did it under my breath again. I said, fuck. <laughs> All right. Have a good day, everyone. See you next time.